Kenna Mutsabi Muloi, Morari wa Albertina, Mama Chona, Le Joseph Mbutana Muloi, Kele Le Kholokwe, Le Hlaba Kotswana, Le Hlaba Khoka Le Maoka Sebunu, Le Hlaba Lisa Khorong ha Magotlwana, Magotlwana a eja a e halana, a re khutla hape o e eketsa, motho wa wetsi. Welcome to the journey with Mpo podcast. A sacred space for healing, love, and rediscovering your life purpose. Introducing your host, Mpa. Hello, JWM family. Welcome to the first solo episode of the year. I will be honest. I spent considerable time debating with myself about the content of this episode. Usually, the inspiration comes fairly easy. But right now, I am in a transitional mode. The last decade closed off with heavy-duty work on the higher self. Themes such as self-actualization, self-love, self-awareness, and consciousness were brought to the forefront. Hence, as the decade came to an end, I spent time processing and evaluating the lessons life has been and continues to attempt to teach me. In this episode, the 26th episode of the show, 26th year of my life, I will be sharing 26 personal lessons from the last decade. It is my hope that you will take and explore what you need and disregard that which does not speak to you. Let's get started. The first lesson is for the runners, the people who end relationships without justification, walk out of marriages, leave everything but themselves in place. The people who run so fast that when they briefly stop, they can still feel the weight of whatever started their running from themselves and others. Number one, ghosting is not a sustainable way of life. For those who aren't familiar with the term, ghosting means breaking off a relationship by stopping all communication and contact with the partner without any apparent warning or justification, as well as ignoring the partner's attempts to reach out or communicate. The second decade of my life was plagued by non-reciprocated relationships, especially with my biological father. After Critical self-analyzing, I discovered a self-defense mechanism that had been clawing at my ability to discuss my emotions openly and freely. Even though I was mature in many of my behaviors, I still had not developed the necessary communication skills to express displeasures. The danger arose when ghosting was not just limited to romantic relationships, but to family members and longtime friends. Quick fact, at the, base of, at the base of ghosting is also the delusion of inconsequence. Because you're not there to witness the damage ghosting does, it does not mean that your actions have been harmless. When I was offended in relationships and felt that I had spent too much time explaining how and why my emotions experienced hurt by another's actions, the relationship would end with me ghosting the person involved. As someone who has been somewhat of a chronic ghoster, I must confess, this is not a sustainable way of life. 
Yes, you don't owe everyone an explanation, but you do owe them respect. An acknowledgement that they are people with feelings just like you. Dear runner, the urge to run will always sit in your throat and legs, but learn to swallow it, pause, breathe, and honestly communicate your intentions to leave a situation or person. We can run. Yes, but for a change, try watering the flowers, taking off the running shoes, turn on some jazz music, and speak your truth. Having said all this, I'm still in support of using the ghosting technique when you find yourself in an abusive or toxic relationship. Moving on to number two. There is no greener grass on either side. We must stop chasing mindless pleasures, yearning for better times, lovers, relationships, our youth, materialistic pursuits, and so much more. We spend our thought waves on what could have and should have been instead of focusing in on how we can be present for our present. The grass is green because it has, believe it or not, shit on it. (laughs) You have to be willing to spend time working on your grass and being present for its growth. Recently, I discovered one of the main reasons I suffered from severe anxiety and depression last year was because my mind was always somewhere in the past or the future and so scared of the present. When I began using mindfulness to focus on the things that I could control, the now, my mental health improved. My grass got greener, not because of anything else, but the fact that I got my hands dirty and started the necessary self-healing work. Moving on to number three. Those of you who know me, this is my favorite salt. Tears, water, and sweat. There has been no truth more powerful than this. Cry when your body needs to. It is a humbling yet rejuvenating experience. Let the ocean teach you how to dance and allow it to pull your sorrows into its swells. Give your breath, mind, and energy the gift of sweat, a good exercise. (laughs) Four, not everything has a deeper spiritual meaning. This is a tip I borrowed from Bodhi, guest from episodes seven and 13. We wreck our minds searching for the deeper meaning of things. Most things are just because they are, and there is nothing. Five, prioritize your tribe. For this, I created a list of about 10 people that I love and intentionally have in my life. Whenever I feel my spirit being tugged, I spend some time thinking about how I can uplift these people. This may include sending an affirmation text or a random call to remind them that sometimes my breath is tight, tense, but their presence in my life is the oxygen supply. With so many people wearing masks, it's nice to have a home with the tribe where being me is celebrated. Six, you have the permission to apologize when you are wrong and the responsibility to not gloat when you are right. 
self-explanatory. <laughs> Seven, be open to learning from the rich and poor, young and old, educated and uneducated, sane and mad, left and right, black and white. Open yourself to experiencing life in its fullness. Give up your prejudice and invest your time in learning from the ones you were told have nothing to teach. That is where I get most of my insights and, you know, compassion. Eight, confront your fears. Do one thing a month that scares the living daylights out of you. As you overcome the little fears, the big ones shrink. Nine, time. Give it time and take your time. Life is a highway. No one is ahead or behind. In our new and instant world, take the time to take your time. Give things time. And yes, it is so darn annoying, but true. Rome was not built in one day. Take things one day at a time and you may wake up in Rome. And it was while writing number nine that I was channeled into my grandmother's religious energy and I was reminded of Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 to 13. And the title of the verse is, A Time for Everything. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from bracing, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time he has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may drink and eat and find satisfaction in all of their toil. This is the gift from God. And it definitely could have not been said any better so moving on to number 10, find your art form. At the core of our being is an artist waiting for us to explore and unleash the wild ideas we call madness. Number 11, intentionally spend time alone. Engage in self-knowledge practices, heal the trauma, experience yourself through the vibration of your higher self. In a world where someone always has that someone, be your own someone. 12. 
turn up the music in the car and sing at the top of your lungs. <laughs> the solo car turn up can lift your spirit to, to unimaginable heights. 13. Travel. Not to Paris. Visit local parks, museums, restaurants, and events. There is so much happening right where you are. Start small. 14. Save money. The Bachelor of Commerce graduate in me says, not all your eggs should be in one basket. 15. Commit to one act of random kindness a month. 16. Meditate. 15 minutes a day is a great start. 17. Have a daily spiritual or religious practice. If you don't believe in something, you will die for anything. 18. Marie Kondo your life often. I started this last year. The act of keeping only that which sparks joy is spiritual. After clearing my closet, I felt the strength to do the same for relationships, work, and daily life. I only consume meals that bring me joy. Side note, for those who do not know who or what is the Marie Kondo method, search Netflix and thank us later. 19. Eat well. In Hindi, eating is a ritual. One must be present, conscious, and actively involved in the process of chewing and swallowing your food. Many of the digestion and weight issues we experience are as a result of our poor eating techniques. 20. Rest. This is a reminder to me that it is okay to have days with an empty schedule, to do nothing but that which your mind and body flows to. It is okay to push away the nagging feeling that you're forgetting something. Rest. Often and well. 21. Love well. Love languages are so important. What works with one person may not work for the next. Take the time to learn the love languages of your tribe and apply the knowledge. 22. Allow nature to teach you how. Even on the worst days of our lives, the sun rises, birds sing, and rainbows appear. In the constant madness, nature is consistent and accepting of the impermanence presented by life. Allow it to teach you how to be beautiful in the midst of ugly. 23. Disengage to engage. Have days, weeks, and months where you turn off your phone, don't use any social media, and just experience life outside of the world wide web. 24. Forgive easily and forget quickly. Life is short, and I know this is an overused statement, but time should not be wasted carrying the burdens of anger and resentment. Let it go. Our observations of life are subjective. We are selfish humans and it is often hard to see the narrative beyond ourselves. People are going through some stuff. This is why hurt people hurt people. 
When you connect yourself to compassion, life becomes a chain of forgiving easily and forgetting quickly. 25 taught me a lot about the inner child. Many of the traumas we experience now are as a result of not having tuned in to the cries of our inner child. Explore your inner child, have conversations with them, and earn their trust. One of the powerful practices I'm currently engaging in is introducing my inner child to my current self and showing her that she too has a place. She can be heard, healed, and present, not only for this chapter, but all chapters to come. And finally, this is the 26th and most probably the most important of all the lessons I've learned. Just be yourself. It's really that simple. In a world full of pretenders, pain maskers, people trying so hard to be anyone but themselves, I encourage you to show up as yourself. For me, that's sometimes an annoyed, angry, tired, and old soul. Sometimes it's a six-year-old animated me dancing to Disney songs, giggling until my belly hurts, and stopping to kiss the flowers and admire the beauty of all that is. Sometimes it's anxious and depressed me, crying my lungs out over not being loved. But I show up as an honor to who I am as an act of trust to my ancestors, as a commitment to my inner child. I show up and will, and will continue to show up as myself because I'm hoping someone will see it and discover the liberation to be their authentic self, to recognize that the world is full of people who say they are okay, but then cut their wrists, poison their blood with alcohol, end up in coffins. We, as my tribe of authentic people, are using showing up authentically to rescue those who feel they need to hide behind masks in order to fit in and be here. That is it for episode 26. From my soon-to-be 26-year-old self, these are 26 personal lessons from the last decade. I hope you take that which you need and disregard that which does not seek you. Until then, Mahulokwe, Kiotaba, Ribuile, Aloha.